Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, Heartbreakers, welcome back to another Breakdown bonus episode. I'm back with our girl, Amy, from New Perspectives for Life. Hey, Amy. Hey, Abby, great to see you again. This is a really exciting episode for you because you just launched an affirmation series on your podcast, also called New Perspective, Perspect- I cannot speak today, word. <laughs> New Perspectives for Life, which I've been loving how short the episodes are. If you just kind of need a quick hit of like some mental health help, 10 minutes and you feel like a new person. Aw, thank you so much. Well, I, I recorded that contact, contact, content. We're both having stuff today. Words. Content on Facebook for Mental Health Awareness Month in May. And then the podcast producer I've been working with was like, we can repurpose it. So it's actually stuff that I did a little while back, but I appreciate that because I just wanted people to, you know, when people think of affirmations, it's always like, you know, affirmations, nobody believes them. But I feel like this is a way that is accurate because there are affirmations that are actually already true about us. So I appreciate you even listening. Thank you so much. And for the plug. (laughs) Yeah, of course. The first episode that I had you on, you said something really profound that changed my perspective when it came to affirmations because we had been talking about it on the Burt show and they were like, when you just have negative self-talk, tell that person in your head to shut up. And I'm like, I literally can't get that person to shut up. Like they're very loud and they will not go away. But it makes a lot more sense for me to, you know, acknowledge the negative thoughts just because I think I'm just like a naturally negative person. I have to acknowledge it. But feeding positive affirmations into my brain has been such a help because I can believe that both can be true, but I can't totally ignore the negative because I, I don't know. It just doesn't compute if I, if I ignore negative things. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, anytime if we're trying to stop being who we naturally are, then we already feel like we're failing again because we can't really do that. So instead I think be who we are, but mm-hmm. add in some ingredients that can make us more of who we're really meant to be, you know? So I'm glad that's been helpful. So thank you for that. I appreciate yeah, of course. it. Okay. So this week's main episode, I put out uh, a story about a girl who found out that the guy she was seeing um, was actually getting married, which I think the wedding is like this month, which is wild to me. I need to find out if they're actually going to go through with it, but he was cheating on his fiance with her, but really had no intention from what I could understand, um, of leaving her. And I hear that story quite a lot from people in my personal life, from people on this story. And I was hoping maybe you could help us make sense of that. Help us understand why somebody would want to step out on their relationship, but not have any intention of leaving their current partner. Wow, what a story. I mean, (laughs) gosh, I can only imagine that scenario. I mean, Well, when you're talking about, it sounds like, you know, a little bit of narcissism or narcissist or things like that. I feel like really at the root of relationships, it's not so much about the relationship. It's more like utility, like the person wants to feel admired, wants to feel loved, um, and will see the person that they're pursuing as sort of the conquest. And then once they get that, they may not necessarily want to leave it, but they just want to go for the next thing. And it's more like, instead of like these long-term relationships where I think at the point of that, there's a fear that the narcissist personality 
won't be needed as much or won't be seen in as great a light once you kind of have that long-term relationship. So it's just kind of feels like it's bouncing from thing to thing, but it's really just a pattern of utility. Like I like you, I think I can get you to like me. Let me see if that works. You obviously do. So now that you do, I win. I like this, but now I still have that need. So let me go to the next person. So that's what can happen a lot of times. And that's why it's so important for the person who's in that relationship with the narcissist to have those messages that this is less about you and more about them. If, they, if they're cheating on you, it's more about their process, their need, their lack that they're feeling. Unfortunately, you filled that for them, but it's not long-term for them because they need more fill after that. Yeah, that's so interesting. Almost like they're treating relationships like a game. Like how many how many points can I score? How many relationships can I win? I've never heard it put that way. And I don't, yeah, and I don't know, like if they see it that way, they probably don't because a lot of times your narcissistic folks aren't really super insightful. They don't take a lot of self-reflection time, but they know what they need. Or they, and a lot of times it comes across as entitlement or power plays. And it it, it is that, but it's also, you know, I have this void but I have this power to fill it. And every time I fill it, I feel better about myself. But then once it's filled, I don't know that I can just stay there because I need that fill. So I'm going to go to the next thing. So it's really disheartening because a lot of people who are narcissistic are great people. I mean, like they're talented, they're intellectual, they're capable, they, they make things happen, they're charming, they can work a room. And if you take the narcissism out a little bit, it's like almost the perfect scenario. But that yeah. void gets in the way. So a lot of times that's the motivation. Um, it's kind of like a challenge, right? And when the challenge is accomplished, then need a new challenge. So yeah, well, that almost makes me sad for them. It's almost like you could never be satisfied with just one person. You just constantly need like this outside stimulation. Right. And we don't know if that's like, if they're just naturally born that way, or if they've experienced that, like, why is their personality that way? Is it because they didn't get what they needed when they were in those formative years, the connection, the love, you know, just for who they are, or maybe they had narcissistic parents who didn't put them in a place of priority. And they were always having to, you know, get that admiration, get that love, figure out how to do it. But then once you figure it out, then you realize it's everything's just a means to an end. There's not a lot of maybe meaning in between. So it's just hard to know. I do think it can create a little more empathy for the narcissist. Like if, if like we could have more empathy for someone who's narcissistic, but if we're the partner in that relationship, it's just pure out hurtful. Yeah. We don't see it coming a lot of times, a lot, because a lot of times the narcissist will use a lot of distractions and a lot of, you know, adoration kind of things to get you hooked. And then when you're hooked, you don't know that they're cheating because you're like, oh my God, they support my girls, my girls weekends and they support this. So they would never do that. And it's like, well, yeah, but as you're being supported with all that, you're distracted. So you're not going to pay attention mm -hmm. to the behaviors that are maybe really going on. Kind of like whoever you interviewed this last time. Yeah. Well, I asked her, I'm like, do you know if they're still planning on going through with the wedding? And she said, yeah. And she's pretty sure that this person knows that, well, she knows for a fact that the cheating has happened. She knows that she knows, but um, she's pretty confident that it's happened multiple times. And we were both having this discussion as to like, that's a situation that we both know we wouldn't want to be in, but it's hard to put yourself in their shoes. Like, why would you want to? But it, like you said, like if they're the type of person that is really great, it's just like this one area where they're screwing up. It's like, if we could just fix this, our relationship would be perfect. Yes. So when it comes to narcissists, is there any fixing them or is it kind of in their nature to 
feel like they're above that and typically not get that kind of help? It's hard to say. I mean, some people, I think they've learned this behavior, but it's not really who they are, but they've learned that this is how they can be approved of, how they can win people over. So if if they go, if they're willing to go to therapy or if they're willing to, you know, have a partner to really kind of get in the weeds with them and be like, look, this, you're more than this. You don't have to do this, you know, but then that's a lot on the partner, right? But I don't think it's every narcissist that can't be changed. But you do have to have some willingness to have some self-reflection, to take ownership, you know, to have accountability. And those are some of the things that aren't always existent with the narcissistic personality. They want things their way. They It's all about kind of how do I get what I need, power, selfish. And it's not, I don't think it's always intended to hurt people. I think it's mostly intended to fill the voids they need, but it leaves casualties in the process. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's a hard one. I, I think if they're truly narcissistic, they don't have a lot of empathy. Um, they don't really have a lot of connection emotionally it's probably going to be pretty hard to change that. But if you can see glimpses of that, like maybe they are super narcissistic, but they love animals or something, or they they really connect to somebody struggling in a third world country, then at least you know that empathy or that emotion is there. It's just, would they be willing to work on that? Or would they feel like that's too risky? Because if they give up what they know, will they get what they need? Mm. That makes a lot of sense. Another thing in the, when I was listening to what was going on in the story, my perception of it was that maybe him cheating was a form of trying to sabotage the relationship or a form of self-sabotage. Cause I feel like I've heard a lot of stories specifically with men, mainly because it's a lot of women that come on my show where instead of just ending the relationship because they realize they're done with it, they end up stepping out of the relationship and kind of using that as like a lightning rod to, Mm. um, implode it, if you will. Um, Would you say that maybe cheating could be a form of self-sabotage? I think it definitely could be for the general person. For narcissists, I'm not exactly sure, kind of for some of the reasons we were mentioning earlier. Like, I'm not sure that they're insightful, thinking in, in in the terms of insight towards that. I think it would be more of self-fulfillment versus self-sabotage. Like I got what I needed out of this. So, you know, I don't really want to be super rude to the person, but I'll just move on and just, you know, stay involved. But, you know, I need what I need. So I think it would be more a matter of self-fulfillment than self-sabotage, unless you have someone who's not fully narcissistic. They're just, you know, and I say just loosely, but they're like, low self-esteem or they've been wounded themselves or they, you know, they have guilt and shame stuff going on for them. They're not getting their needs met. They don't know how to communicate that. Um, It's more risky to try to bring it up in the relationship than to go outside the relationship there. I think it might be some self-sabotage. Let me just get out of this. It's not working for me, but I think they're thinking about all that. I'm not sure the narcissist is thinking about all that. I think they're just thinking, okay, I need what I need. Where can I go get it? We were talking about it in the main episode, kind of just throwing around the fact that this could be narcissistic behavior. Obviously, I don't know this person personally, and I'm also not a mental health professional, so I can't be like, this person's a narcissist. And I have heard that there can be a link between narcissism and infidelity. A, is that true? And B, why is that? I I mean, I think it still goes back to, and it's a great question because it's like, why does this have to happen this way? If If you're all about yourself, just be upfront and move on, right? That would be the, that would be the respectable thing to do, even though it would still be hurtful, but at least it's honest. 
But I think there is just a sense of power and control. I mean, a lot of people who are all about themselves. I mean, think about, you know, when when you have like a two-year-old or a three-year-old or a four-year-old, the world is them. Like everything should be me. It's all about me. Watch me. Look at me. Why, why can't I have this? I want that. that. That's kind of the same mindset when we get to adulthood, if we're still that narcissistic thinking that everything revolves around me. So I feel like a lot of it is more around power, control. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights, make it spicy. My margaritas make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you gotta have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount, code Abby. I feel like there's two types of people in the world. The people that get super excited when the temps hit the 80s and the people who are like, holy crap, it's bathing suit weather and I do not feel my best. The warmer it is, the more dialed in I feel like I need to be with my nutrition, but I gotta be honest with you, I hate cooking. Do I cook for myself and feel great or do I get takeout and eat a bunch of crap that's just honestly expensive? and not that great for you. That's why I really enjoyed trying out Factor. Factor is a meal service that requires no prep. All you gotta do is heat them up in the microwave for like two minutes and they're chef crafted. So they're actually designed to meet your nutrition goals. Whether you're trying to watch your calories, get more protein in or follow a keto diet. There are 35 different meals and 60 add-ons to choose from with breakfast, lunches, dinners, and even desserts. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code BREAKUP50 at factormeals.com slash BREAKUP50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, they've learned over time that they have the ability to utilize people, manipulate people, maneuver things they want the way they want them to. So, you know, I think it's more about that. And so then infidelity would be connected to that because, well, if I'm not getting what I need here, there's no need to really get into it. I'll just move on to something else. So I'm again, I'm not sure. And I don't know. I say I'm not sure because I really don't know for sure. But I think with the narcissistic personality, it's not real. They're not really thinking about the implications on the other person or even self-reflectively the implications of on themselves. It's more just life is a means to an end. Let me get what I need. Let me figure out how to make that happen. And, you know, I hope you enjoy the show in the while you're here. And if I, if I hurt your feelings for it, just, you know, sorry for that type thing. But I don't even know if the sorry is there necessarily. Um, no, that's interesting that you bring that up because I've heard it said three times on my podcast in different episodes. It was the girlfriends confronting the boyfriend about why they decided to cheat. And three different times in similar words, but the the main point of it was, well, I just wasn't thinking. And I, that's so interesting that you said that. Cause I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. I'm like, what do you mean? You just weren't thinking, but I think maybe the extended version of, I just wasn't thinking was, I just wasn't thinking about how it would affect you, which makes perfect sense. Correct. It's more about what's in it for me. 
And if it's not really, you know, getting what I need, then I'm, I'm free to do whatever I need to do. And there's really not a lot of empathy, guilt, or shame around that. Mm-hmm. And to your uh, point earlier, oh, go ahead. No, no, please continue. I was, uh, I was going to say to your point earlier, you know, not just, everybody that cheats isn't a narcissist necessarily. So there are, you know, we can't really put that label out there on everybody. So there are other reasons. But if we are looking at that, at that label, if you will, or that kind of personality, this would help explain some of that. But I think in the explanation, it's helpful for the partner to hear, okay, well, if this is that person's personality, mindset, makeup, MO, I can't be responsible for that. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I have to allow myself the, the self grace to say, okay, I might've not seen all the signs. I might've screwed up just sticking around with it longer than I should have, but I didn't cause that. And I'm not the cause of it. So mm-hmm. I'm, don't have to beat myself up and go low into my own self-value or self-worth or self-esteem. Exactly. And there's a cliche that everyone says. uh, It's recently been in the media because I've been covering it a lot for the the Taylor Swift relationship that's going on. His ex came out and said, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater. And so I think it's, it's easy to look at a situation like I put out on the main episode and kind of be like, well, sounds like this guy could be once a cheater, always a cheater. Do you think in the cases of people who step out once or multiple times, that's the case is it's not really a behavior that can be modified? Like for any personality or? Mm, I think, well, maybe specifically for narcissists and then really for anybody. Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, narcissists, I think would be harder because I don't think they're looking at it that way. I don't think they're looking at really doing necessarily anything wrong because who really makes the rules? Society says I can only be, I have to be, you know, have fidelity. Like what, who I'm not society. Like I have my own set of rules and ways that I do things. And why, why do I have to conform? So I'm not sure that a narcissist wouldn't like question that and see that there's not really it might be wrong to you, but that doesn't mean it's wrong for me. You know, like they don't think they see the the accountability in that. So, and then, but then for people in general, and in addition to narcissists, I think looking at pattern, right? So like if somebody cheats one time, then if they're willing to look into that, to self-reflect on that, to go to therapy or to talk it through, usually cheating results because of something being unmet physically, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually connection. So if somebody's cheating, that's not the best choice they could have made, but it's a the way they felt like they had to go in that moment or in that situation. I think that can be worked through if it's a one-time thing, if they really are willing to commit, if they have, if they generally have good boundaries in place, but they just got lost in everything, I do think there's hope for that. But I think what we would need to look at, regardless of who the person is, is if it's over and over again, then there's some pattern there that is existing for a reason. Either the person doesn't want to deal with anything different, or maybe hasn't been made to deal with anything different, but it's not wrong to be on guard if you've been cheated on. I mean, because you just want to, you don't want to be in that situation again. So This is a long-winded way to say I wouldn't chalk it up to once a cheater, always a cheater for everybody, but I do think it's wise to make that person take on accountability, ownership, self-reflection, and do the work. And if they're not willing to do that, then pretty good indication that they're probably not willing to 
give whatever that need is up, you know? Yeah. Well, I feel like it's just like any other pattern in life. If you even want to just like narrow it down to something super small, like for me, I know I get super snacky at like 1030 every day. And I know unless I do something specifically to make me not snacky at 1030 AM every day, I'm running to the vending machine. And so while that's like a very like small, small example of, of that. Yeah. I think someone's got to be able to do the work. And I can imagine most narcissists, um, like you said, don't think they're doing anything wrong. So they're not really going to do much to shift that pattern. Okay. My last question is about being able to move past, uh, infidelity in relationships, because again, I'm hearing the fact that this guy is getting married and I'm like, how the heck are they going to tackle that? And obviously like the blanket answer is couples therapy, but like, what would that look like? How can couples take steps to overcome that kind of trauma and betrayal so that they can actually continue to have a relationship if that's what they want? I mean, a lot of it is time driven. I mean, it takes time and building that, those blocks of trust back up, like, you know, knowing that, okay, nothing has happened this week. Nothing has happened this month. He's been, he or she has been faithful this, you know, this, this season, you know, through the summer, like really seeing those baby steps in it. Because I think a lot of times when, when somebody violates that trust, I don't think they realize the depth of the level of how long, how it's going to, how much energy is going to take to build back. So it's being willing to commit and being willing to accept you're going to have to do extra work. And what is that going to look like? And that might look different for every couple. I mean, I, and infidelity, you know, it's, there's, you know, relationship infidelity, but there are other infidelities too. I'm working with a couple right now who, you know, the one, one partner made some financial decisions that the other partner didn't even know about and feels completely disrespected and feels like there's no financial trust now. And so, and so now the, the partner who broke the trust is having to rebuild. But the other one is like, I don't know when I'm ever going to be able to fully trust that again, because it's our finances, it's our kids, it's our, you know, vehicles, it's all this stuff. So I think it's just time and maybe some consistent intervention initially just to be able to hold that accountable and make sure also that the partner is willing to give grace when they see progress or when they see those building blocks building up. Because that's another thing too. If the person is going to kind of be condemned from now till eternity, no matter how much work they do, it isn't really going to feel like they get anywhere with it. So it's kind of a, it's a commitment on both parts to be consistent in building back that trust in whatever ways they decide on that makes sense. Maybe having some accountability, at least initially for a little bit with an outside person. And then for the other partner to be willing to give grace and acknowledgement and not be like, yeah, you did that, but that's only been one time or yeah, we've, we, you, you're building back, but it's only been a month. Anytime we, we kind of deject those efforts, it really doesn't build a lot of trust with the other person that we're going to accept their efforts. So it's kind of multi-tiered like that, I would say, but it is possible. It's just going to take a lot of work, um, you know, consistently from both sides. (laughs) And kudos to anybody who can do that. Cause I mean, I'm telling you, you step out on me, I'm running, but I think it's Um, so honorable for anybody who does want to work through it. Sometimes I think it is the right thing to run, but in, if it's two people that are willing to put in the work, like you said, and like fight for it, you know what? Props to you because that takes a lot of um a lot of character that yeah. I'm not sure that I have. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you do. I mean, but also you're you know you're, we're kind of wise, right? Like, do I really want to even go into that situation? If I see one time stepping out, you know, 
depending on how far the relationship is, you may not just want to deal with that. And I think that's a, that's a personal decision everybody should make. You know, when, when you were saying once cheater, always a cheater, I couldn't hear that without thinking of the friends episode, you know, with Ross, because <laughs> that's the line, right? But that's yeah. a good example of where he's not, you know, that, I mean, it's, it's fiction, but he wasn't a cheater, but they had major circumstances that had occurred and mm-hmm. it was a bad decision, but they, but, but then they struggled to work it through initially, you know? So, and I think that's a good example where it can be worked out. Not everybody is intending to be hurtful and, and selfish like that, but there are those that are selfish without, with or without intention to harm. So yeah, yeah it's a tough one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Amy, you always bring such great light oh. to these horrible topics that I wish we didn't have to talk about. Like I I truly wish, not that I don't want to have a podcast, but it makes me so sad that we even have to have like the conversation of what do you do? I mean, and how do you work through that? And can't make sense of why this person did this to me or did this to somebody else and I was collateral damage. So thank you for coming on and being the the wisdom um, <laughs> that I could I cannot provide for these episodes. So I really appreciate it. You're so sweet. Thank you so much. You do a great job. And I know these stories are something else. So I appreciate it. <laughs> I always enjoy listening to them. So thank you. Thanks, Amy. <laughs>